Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. For this week's episode, I am continuing on my horror movies that didn't make it into 31 Nights of Frights. Yes, I missed last week and I was faced with a dilemma. I didn't have my dongle for my MacBook because Apple got rid of all of the legacy ports and I could not plug in my microphone, so I did not record last week. But thankfully that crisis is behind me because I did find my dongle for my Mac. God, it sounds so ridiculous saying it like this. But hey, that is exactly what it is and that's what I get for recording on a Mac, I guess. So the big dilemma was actually recording a late episode after I found that or recording on my phone, which is actually how I started doing these podcasts. If you go back and listen to my earlier episodes all the way back four or five years ago, however long it's been by now, those episodes didn't actually have the best of quality. However, I did have passion, so I guess I had that fueling my early episodes. If you have listened to past episodes of Adam Analyzes within like the last month, you'll find that, yes, I've been moving and I'm finally 100% in my apartment now. However, I'm not fully moved in. Overall, moving has been somewhat difficult and I'm tired of it. But here we are for another Friday and another episode of Adam Analyzes. And you know what? I think instead of my rambling, I think I should just get on with the episode as it's time to announce the movie. Starring Devin Sawa, Seth Green, Eldon Henson, Jessica Alba, and Vivica A. Fox, this is the 1999 Rodman Flender-directed Idle Hands. This one tells the story of high school slacker stoner Anton, played by Devin Sawa, who one day finds his parents murdered and also that he lost control over his right hand, as his hand is now possessed. Anton discovers that his parents have been murdered, and because his hand is possessed, he winds up inadvertently murdering his friends slash drug dealers, who are named Mick and Peanub, played by Seth Green, and Eldon Henson. But of course, his friends come back from the dead and... Death doesn't really bother them all that much. And in addition to the hand, his friends are played up mostly for laughs. Because that's something you do in a stoner comedy. Or excuse me, stoner horror comedy. Along the way, you also get the subplot of the girl next door, Molly, who Anton is obsessed with and is played by Jessica Alba. And if that's not enough plot, there's also Vivica A. Fox, who is trying to stop the apocalypse from happening, which involves Anton's hand. Oh yeah, she just so happens to be a druid priestess. So as you can see, this plot for Idle Hands is kind of an everything and the kitchen sink type of plot. However, I really do admire the film for trying to include so many different things. It brings to mind the Evil Dead in a way, specifically Evil Dead 2, as this movie is kind of a big giant ripoff of Evil Dead 2. I guess that if you are going to copy another film, you might as well do one that is actually pretty good, well regarded by horror fans, and really does a great job of mashing up a whole bunch of different genres. No one was expecting Evil Dead 2 back in 1987 to be an actual horror comedy. They were expecting it probably to be a more direct sequel to the first film, 
But audiences did not get that. Instead, they got a more comedic retelling of the first film, even though it is actually a sequel. But anyway, we're not talking about Evil Dead 2. However, the comparisons really are blatant, and I like to think of it as more of a homage to Evil Dead 2, and not just a straight-up remake or rip-off. Idle Hands really is a fun film to watch. It's an interesting film to watch now in 2022, since it honestly feels severely dated, where a lot of 80s films feel dated and feel like an 80s picture. This one here definitely feels like a late 90s, early 2000s film, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. However, you almost have to make certain concessions in order to have a good time here. One thing that is pretty blatant and sticks out is the film is fairly misogynistic and it also reeks of what an out-of-touch Hollywood screenwriter or studio thought of the youth at that point in time and how they actually depict how teenagers are in this film. The strange thing is the misogynistic writing of how Molly's character is as well as the overall depiction of 90s youth kind of go hand in hand with what they were trying to accomplish. I say that the film is misogynistic because the character of Molly is simply there for eye candy and she basically sleeps with Anton without even knowing anything about him other than he's this weird guy that lives across the street. It really is entirely unrealistic and it just kind of feels strange watching it in 2022. This film is almost like a weird time capsule because I don't think the youth of America back in 1999 was really the way it is depicted here. All of these kids in this film, which they're not actually kids, but they're adults playing kids, like a 20 or 30 something screenwriter trying to be hip and cool, thinking that this is how teens actually acted. However, this movie really does feel like it was supposed to appeal to the teens that are being depicted in this film, especially with cameos from Blink-182's Tom DeLonge and the punk rock band The Offspring playing at a high school Halloween dance. We also get Rob Zombie's Dragula music video that almost gets a little bit of a showpiece here. So as much as I'm ragging on this film, this movie is actually a lot of fun to watch. As I said, you almost have to shut your brain off and try not to think that this is the idea of how teens were in the late 90s and early 2000s. For an R-rated teen horror comedy, this movie actually has a, f a fair amount of deaths that are actually somewhat on the bloody side, which is very welcome. Not only are some of those inventive, but they're also fun, such as where Ace Frehley's Back in the New York Groove makes an appearance while what I'm assuming is two KISS fans getting busy in a car while also getting murdered. It's a pretty good one. It's just that honestly the film makes you work to get to those moments. It's a very uneven affair. A lot of the humor that is towards the beginning of the film doesn't really work all that great. This is where the film itself can come off a little bit like a poor man's Evil Dead 2, mostly because it doesn't mesh the comedy and horror as well as what Evil Dead 2 did back in 1987. Devin Sawa is definitely no Bruce Campbell, and his character is so lazy and so out of touch with the rest of the world that it makes him a very unlikable character at parts in the movie. 
I got a little off track there, which I will go back to this in a moment. But one thing I did want to point out because I was mentioning about the deaths being inventive, the, the actual makeup and special effects in the film are pretty well done and thankfully CGI is mostly kept to a minimum. We do get some pretty awesome effects with the hand and I actually really did enjoy the fact that the hand is wearing a puppet at one point. It honestly is kind of a bit of a shame that the movie takes so long to get going and the actual story is not even all that great. Once Idle Hands actually kicks in gear and we make it to the Halloween party, the movie is a lot of fun. It just takes a bit to actually get there. I mentioned earlier about the cameos in the film with Tom DeLonge from Blink-182 as well as The Offspring making an extended cameo appearance. Idle Hands also has a pretty awesome comedic actor at the very beginning of the film with comedy legend Fred Willard. I would have actually liked to have seen more of him in the film, but instead they made the decision to kill him off at the very beginning. Overall, that's kind of disappointing, but it's welcome to see him here, so it's a big catch-22 for me. The rest of the actors that are involved, they're fine for what they are, and they know what kind of movie they're in. Seth Green has gone on record saying that everybody felt like they were filming a different film, which may be the case and maybe that's why the film itself appears to have an identity crisis. A lot of the comedic and horror elements are so sharply divided that it makes it a little bit of a rough watch at some spots. However, it still doesn't detract from the actual fun that is to be had with Idle Hands. One of the biggest surprises with Idle Hands is that this hit right around the same time as American Pie, right around the height of the teen comedy craze. And yet this film was a flop in theaters and did not chart well critically at all. If you check the Rotten Tomatoes score, it's at a 15%. Critics would lead you to believe that it's an absolutely awful film, and I know that I have been bringing to light more of its warts as opposed to the good moments in the film, but it really is an enjoyable one, and if you watch it with the right expectations, you might have a good time with it. A lot of the characters themselves feel like throwaways and wastes, but there are a lot of good moments to balance out those bad moments or even those dated moments in the film. Idle Hands is almost in the same league as my previous film that I talked about two weeks ago, and that was Ernest Scared Stupid. It's a film that you're either going to love or hate. I don't think there's a true middle ground between actually enjoying it. Because even if you didn't enjoy the film, you could probably appreciate it for the special effects alone. This is a film that tried to do things a little bit old school. It tried to be an 80s film, but with a 90s touch to it. And that's very apparent by the way they tried to do things old school, or as much as they could. So even if it's dated now, you have to appreciate what they were trying to actually accomplish. One last thing before I close this one out. This film is directed by Rodman Flunder, who went on to direct the excellent Conan O'Brien documentary, Conan O'Brien Can't Stop. Previously, before directing Idle Hands, Rodman Flunder directed the excellent Leprechaun 2. Yes, I said excellent. For a Leprechaun film, it's probably the best in the series. 
and that is a series that I enjoy, so as far as actual good Leprechaun films, that would be the one to watch, really. It seems that later in his career, director Rodman Flunder has mostly worked in TV, which is kind of a shame because he does have a little bit of a decent skill as far as direction. That's one of the things that keeps this movie moving, and I think as far as the pacing, I don't think it's a direction issue. I think it's mostly an editing issue. So I guess here's hoping that he actually moves on to making films again, as he has not directed many films in his career. Overall, Idle Hands is a mixed bag, but it is a fun film. If you watch it with the right mindset, you will have a great time with it, and I think it's a movie that probably should be reevaluated. Not so much because of some of the oddball things in the movie and how it felt like a time capsule of pure 90s, but mostly what it was trying to do, and that was just be a blast and a super fun horror film for teens. So if you've never seen Idle Hands or haven't seen it in over 20 years, I think now would actually be a pretty good time to check it out. It is a fun horror film, and I was trying to focus on some of the more fun horror films for the Halloween season and October. And hey, even if you don't enjoy it, one thing we can agree on, the special effects for this one are pretty awesome. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you don't do the whole social media thing, you can go ahead and drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. If you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. And also, if you're enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Tell two friends for that matter. Or if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice, as it will allow me to reach new listeners as well as continue to create new content. But with that being said, remember to always be kind and good night.